Well, that was the opening music to Magambo, released in 1953 and starring Clark Gable, Grace Kelly, Ava Gardner, and Donald Sinden. Uh, and, a, and some other folks, but those are the main people. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm coming to you from North Bend. And this is Bob Johnson in Los Angeles. Welcome every, welcoming everybody back to Classic Movie Reviews and 1953's Magambo, which um, is a remake of a 1932, I think, 32? Yeah, 1932 movie, Red Dust, where Clark Gable plays the, the main character and his two uh, romances are with Gene uh, Harlow and Mary Astor. And it takes place in Vietnam. Oh, weird. I didn't but realize it was a remake. Pretty much the same kind of story. A remake with the same lead actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1932, it made sense because they were all relatively the same age. In uh, 1953, Clark Gable was, uh, he probably was 52 or 53 and and quite a bit older than uh, Grace Kelly or Ava Gardner. So it's a little bit shocking to me to see that age disparity. Yeah, I sent you a text when I was watching it saying that it's a little bit creepy the way Clark Gable is hitting on uh, Grace Kelly's character so much. And she's I think she was 27 at the time. You, you mentioned in that uh, text that it just looked weird, that age difference. And it was a bit, uh, I guess, off-putting would be the word for it. Uh, it still is a, is a fun movie to watch. I love the Technicolor and the, the locations. And it made a great deal of money for MGM. They, they had a habit, I guess, or a practice of uh, doing, uh, in the early 50s, they were trying to combat the drift to viewers over to TV. So they would do films uh, filmed on location, like King Solomon's Mines, which we reviewed, and then Magambo, and Covatus, which was a historical movie set in Roman times. And they all did well. They just couldn't save the studio over the long run, though. I forgot to mention at the outset here that you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net. And on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash classicmoviereviews, and all of our episodes are over there as well. So I was watching the trailer for this movie because the only way that I could watch it without buying it was uh, Netflix DVD, and they had the trailer on there. And they mentioned uh, King Solomon's Mines in the trailer because... You know, they, I think they were comparing themselves to the uh, cinematography and the scenery from that movie. Magambo, the story of a love affair as adventuresome as the surroundings in which it happened. You travel along uncharted waterways on a suspenseful safari. You venture across the African veldt, alive with all manner of wild beasts. Just as the animal stampede in King Solomon's mind created a new high in screen thrills. MGM has now topped it with a blood-chilling spectacle, the Battle of the Gorillas, photographed for the first time in French equatorial Africa. 
So if you like that movie, you're probably going to like this movie. Is that is what they were yeah, saying? Yeah, it has some... Well, I wonder if they used any of the same uh, African film scenes. I think I, I read I don't that they that. did. I didn't, I didn't look into that. Yeah. And this is a film for me that uh, I, can, I can clearly have two different reviews on. One, how it... Uh, would have played for me when I sat in the Judah Theater and watched it as a as a twelve year old, versus now when I watch it, there's quite a difference. Um, but I still enjoyed it. It's uh, I, I have an aside. I just I, I'm afraid I'll forget it if I don't mention it. Ava Gardner in the opening, in her opening scene, is taking a shower in this sort of makeshift <laughs> rain barrel shower, and I guess uh, what what I read is. In 1932, when Jean Harlow did that same scene, she was in a rain barrel doing a shower, and she was, you know, completely naked and covered by the rain barrel. But at the end of the film shoot, after they said, uh, let's stop the filming, she stood up. No, I guess she was, they were still filming. She stood up completely naked and said, here's one for the boys in the lab. <laughs> picture of her so I, I, I don't know if that's true but it makes a great story that's funny Gene Harlow must have been quite a quite a person I just love that movie that we reviewed of hers a while back she just seemed to be a, a very free thinker for the 1930s oh for sure but anyway back to today's Magambo uh, your little comment there reminded me of the thing that happened in Psycho where um what was her name the main oh janet lee janet yeah where, lee, where janet lee the was they were filming that shower scene and she was laying on the floor and they they had done so many takes and she's like okay i think we've almost got this one and it was like she uh I forget the, the details, but basically it was like, I don't even care at this point if anybody sees me naked. I just want to get this shot out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> God, I've had enough of this water. <laughs> the premise of Magambo is that uh, Gable is a is more of a, a tour, what do you call it, a guide for, for people to come in and spend time at his hideaway ranch. Yeah, he's like a safari uh, guide where they go out safari and go guide, hunting. Yeah. yeah. But he's also uh, disgusted by some of the things that go on when they treat animals the way they do. And yet, <laughs> it, this is a part of the uh, disconnect for me. When they're looking at the gorillas later in the film, that whole setup for how they would excite the gorillas to get them to charge was very disturbing to me after all the work that Gene Goodall had done with mm -hmm. gorillas over decades, I, I just it's it's hard to go back what seventy years into that time frame. Yeah, when you see how they're caging these animals and putting them on boats, and I think there was a leopard or a cheetah that was on a boat, and Ava Gardner says, "Well, next stop, the Bronx Zoo." And I yes. thought, you know, that's yeah. this really sucks, <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of these things that's kind of a historical document as well because that's absolutely what was going on i mean not only would they go there to hunt and continue to do this today but then also capture them and take them to zoos the uh the characters in the film are, are, are pretty well portrayed I, I, clark gable had such an interesting career he he uh, was in, you know the lead in gone with the wind 
which really carried him forward for the rest of his career. But he made a couple of movies which I really have enjoyed over the years. One is Command Decision, which is a World War II uh, movie somewhat along the lines of 12 O'Clock High from 1948. Uh, but it, it plays more like a, a, a live theater uh, movie. And then The Misfits from 1961 with Marilyn Monroe, Montgomery Clift, and several other people out in uh, the, the countryside near Reno. Those are really both worth watching. And he won an Academy Award for It Happened One Night from 1934, which is a good comedy. And I remember we really liked him in Run Silent, Run Deep, too. That yes. uh, submarine movie. Yeah. yeah an, another film where you, you, I remember you mentioned in that film that submarine commanders during the war were usually in their late 20s. Yeah. So he was a bit old for that part, too. And that came later than this film. Right, for sure. And Ava Gardner, also interesting. One of her best roles is uh, On the Beach from 1959 with Gregory Peck, a Stanley Kramer film that's unforgettable. Really, we have not done that film. We'll have to, we'll have to add that to our lengthy list. This was directed by John Ford. I thought it was really well directed for sure. And I actually thought the acting was, was really good. I thought they all did a good job. I, I thought some of the story was a little unbelievable. Here's Clark Gable out in the middle of the Savannah running these safaris. And then a woman shows up and kind of falls in love with him. And then another woman shows up and falls in love with him. And it's like any woman that shows up is like going to fall in love with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and when Ava showed up, she was she she traveled all that way to meet up with some other person who vamoosed to uh, the country of India. Some prince from India. Yeah. <laughs> Who's there, Bunny? Bunny. No, this is not Bunny. Who are you? May I ask who you are, why you're here, and what in blue blazes is going on? Well, her name is Kelly, Eloise Kelly. Better known in the gay capitals of the earth as Honey Bear Kelly. And the first thing that's going on is my robe. And you're on there if you'll be so cooperative. With pleasure, Miss Kelly. Stop. Throw. Turn around. No kidding. Find Bunny and tell him I'm here, will you? I'd be glad to if you tell me who Bunny is and where I find him. The Maharaja Bunganor. Didn't he tell you I was coming? Oh. So you came down to visit with a Maharaja, huh? Sure. All the way from New York. You know, I think it's a pretty dirty trick he wasn't on hand to meet me when I came. Didn't he tell you? No. The Maharaja is in India. He left here a week ago. He didn't. Yes, he did. It seems that someone's trying to take away some of his palaces. So he gave up the safari and went back to see what he could do about it. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, didn't he say anything about me? Didn't he tell you I was coming or anything? No, he didn't. Well, just between you and me, I think Bunny's turned out to be a big heel. He didn't even leave you a return ticket. Look, mister, whoever you are, let me jump to my own conclusions, huh? Ooh, of all the rotten, subversive tricks. Flying all the way thousands of miles to this 
lousy place. Arriving here hot and tired as a Sixth Avenue, making that water's even hotter, and that folk gives out with about as much lather as blue cheese. Look, I am the man that owns this building, and the shower, and the soap. Well, I wouldn't this be so proud of This happens to be it. my home, be it ever so humble. Well, I had to have some place to go. Couldn't get a word out of the laughing boy over there with the sleigh bells in his ears. Untara! And no Oh, of all that dirt. Hauling out the Maharaja long distance isn't going to do any good. And if you'll pardon my subtlety, I'm not so sure I'd want you on safari in the first place. You know, I run a business here. I'm working these men, and they have to keep their mind on their work. And... Look, Buster, don't... You get overstimulated with me. I'm the little gal that flew all the way from New York to this lousy place, this dark continent. Only I expected to find a man with a flashlight. Look, I'd suggest that you use up some of that energy in getting your clothes on. I'll assign you to a room at the other end. Hey, wait a minute. Look, look. Uh, can't you get me a canoe or a truck or a pair of roller skates, anything to get out of Trucks here? Trucks couldn't get through this country even if I could spare one. So you're stuck with our company until next week's boat. You mean there's no way to get out? No! Now, weren't you going to do something about getting dressed? Ooh. Boy. This'll be the gayest week of the season. There she was, stranded. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. But and she did have, even though she was stranded... She she traveled with a great deal of luggage. She really did. I can yeah. remember that. Oh, back to John Ford. I, I mistakenly thought that he had directed Red Dust. He did not. Mm. That was Victor Fleming who did uh, that and also Gone with the Wind. And I keep going back to Red Dust because it's uh, been uh, set aside in uh, the film preservation uh, area because of its uh, quality and all. Oh, I didn't know that either. It'd almost be fun to watch that one pretty soon after this one because I'd like to do a compare and contrast of the stories. <laughs> well, in that one, Gene Harlow plays a prostitute. Mm. Now, I don't know if Ava Gardner is in that role. I mean, she's playing that role, but I don't know if she was portrayed as a, as a prostitute in the film. And I don't, I didn't Mary get Astor that. was played yeah. by Grace Kelly. Yeah, I didn't get that from Ava Gardner's character. I thought she was more of a either. a woman on the like somebody who maybe had some money and was kind of traveling in a high society circles. I mean, she was trying to meet up with the prince from India, so that was kind of my impression. But then Grace it, Kelly shows up with her husband, who was played by uh, yeah Donald Sinden, and. They they really seemed out of their element. Like they they were showing up to go on a safari based on like books that they'd read or like a magazine article or something of like how it was going to be and how they should dress and <laughs> you know, they they had really excellent clothing. I almost <laughs> felt like the two of them had gone to a cocktail party somewhere in England, where the presenter after the cocktails was talking about Africa, and so these two intrepid travelers decided they would take off for the same place yeah having never really left england for any place that's that's what i thought too yeah. <laughs> and grace kelly just comes across to me as so innocent and naive in the film it's like wow when we first meet them i got the feeling that they were in love with each other and that she really cared for him for the matt Sinden character her husband and then he gets really sick uh, from the effects of some vaccine that he had, maybe. 
Um, right. That, yeah, they, they had been inoculated for the trip, but they had done it too late to really get through this, the uh, after effects. Yeah. And he was bundled up like a mummy. Yeah, the Tetsi fly, I think it was, or something. Oh. And, and then Clark Gable's like, well, why did you get that vaccine? That We, we don't have that around here. And and, and he's like, well, well I want to go see the gorillas. And <laughs> Clark Gable's like, nope, we're not going to go yeah. see the gorillas. Isn't this nice? Now about the bed, I didn't know. So if you want twin beds, I'll have them. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. All right. Everything's most satisfactory. I've got the beast disc ringing in my ears. Come down, darling. It must be those shots we took. The doctor said they sometimes cause a reaction. What shots? Yesterday at the settlement, the tetsi fly injections. Tetsi fly? Your letter didn't say anything about going up into the Tetsi fly country. Well, you see, Mr. Marston... We understood we had to go through that territory to get to the gorillas. Not necessarily. And why gorillas? It's a pet theory of mine. I, I want to study gorillas, their family life and so on. Even get some of their vocal sounds on a tape recorder I brought with me. It's a theory on the derivative evolution... I'm the... sorry, I wouldn't understand. And again, to be quite frank, it's a long and difficult safari. And it doesn't fit in with my schedule. Oh, but there must be some If I'd known way. about this, I wouldn't have taken the job. But why? You can't promise anything with gorillas but trouble. Some people have worked as much as ten months and never even got a glimpse of one. Besides, I have my other work to attend to. Donald's perfectly going to pay. I'm sorry. We'll have to stand by the original agreement. Now, I'm going to hand you over to one of my assistants, Mr. Leon Balchak. Perfectly capable. But I want to work with you, Marswell. After I've been told all, by... Mr. Marswell, Mr. Norley made his arrangements with he you. He made them with my company, my organization, Mrs. Norley. You all right? I think perhaps a glass of water. Oh, Donald, Now, don't get excited. What's the matter Donald. with him? Excess of reaction to the Tessie fly shot, that's all. Be out of his head for a day or two. We'll snap him out of it. I got a couple of tablets. Don't let him throw this blanket off. He wanted nothing to do with that. And after watching those scenes with the gorillas, I can understand why. Yeah, they did not like to be infringed upon in their territory. Well, not only that, but Rightfully it was a, so. It was a heck of a commute, <laughs> you know. It was like, <laughs> yeah, no. it, that part it reminded me of the old buggy and take off. Yeah, that part reminded me of uh, Secret of the Incas, where they head out from their base camp to go look for that treasure, and it was like this hour-long trek across the country and that was the same kind of feeling in this movie where it was they had to go meet some other tribes and they had to get canoes and then he had to do this uh, test of courage where the tribes people throw spears at him and it was just <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, what is going on <laughs> the wonder he didn't want to go <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know there were there's scenes in this in this film that i really enjoy um Shortly after uh, Ava Gardner makes her appearance, she's kind of looking at all of the animals that are being prepared to ship off to zoos in one part of the world or another, and how she knows so little about them. And then uh, that, that uh, young baby elephant is attracted to her and won't leave her alone. I love that scene. I love that scene. Pushes her into the mud Because that and was stuff. really her. Yeah. I mean, that had to be really interesting for her to sit there and, and this elephant. I don't know if they gave her a lot of peanut butter or what, but that elephant really f fell in love with her. I found that really enjoyable. Yeah, that was 
That was pretty fun. And, you know, if you look at how she acts in those scenes, and then by the end of the movie, uh, there was another funny scene where uh, she visits Clark Gable's uh, cabin, and there's a big, like, boa constrictor, some kind of big uh, constrictor snake. And they... And she freaks out about it, and Clark Gable's character is like, "Oh no, that's just Joe. He's he's our yeah. resident mouse catcher." I'm sorry, I just can't sleep with that lion or whatever it is chirping out there. Do you mind if I stay with you for a while? No, have a seat. Sure, I won't bother you. No, not at all. New batch of magazines came in today. Oh, good. What makes him do that? Is he hungry? <clears throat> Probably a lion is lurking in the bush out there somewhere. I guess there's all sorts of hunger in the world, isn't there? Mm. This is a weird sort of business to be in, collecting animals. I guess it's fun for a man, isn't it? <laughs> when it's profitable. <laughs> you sell them to zoos? Mm. Circuses, trainers. How much do you get for, um, oh, for a baby elephant, for instance? A Dumbo? Is that really the name for them? Mm. <laughs> All around 5,000. Tough to ship, though. You know, I saw a baby elephant in the zoo once. He was sucking on a gallon jug of milk with a nipple attached. Can you imagine that, a whole gallon of milk? Hmm. Well, their mothers carry much more than that. More than a gallon? Hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, I know. Um, have you got any kangaroos? What do you get for a kangaroo? You have to go to Australia for kangaroos. Oh, yes. Well, like I said, I was educated at the York Club. I'd like to see a kangaroo close up. A mama kangaroo. Is it true that they, they, they carry their babies in a little sort of pouch thing? That's right. All marsupials do that. M my what? Animals that carry their young, you know, like a papoose in reverse. Oh, isn't that the darndest thing? Everything with a zipper, huh? <laughs> Kelly, you're all right. How about a drink? Oh, I love one. Sorry about no ice. Oh, it's all right. Doctor says it's bad for your pouch anyway. Soda or water? Water. You know, I find always that with water... Well, do something! Well, that's just old Joe. Old Joe? Yes, he's our migratory mousetrap. I bet there isn't a rat or a mouse within a hundred yards of this place. Oh, boy. I think I haven't even had my first drink yet. I uh, really have old Joe around to trap young girls into where you are right now. Oh, no, Mr. Moswell. I don't imagine you need old Joe for that. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, the Joe is in Ava Gardner's bed, and she's just like, Joe, get out of my bed, and like pushes it out of the way. So yeah. she she really <laughs> got a lot more comfortable with that whole environment and living uh, arrangement by the end of the movie. There was one character that uh, appears throughout the film always drinking or had, had been drinking, I believe his character's name is Leon. Yeah, I think that's right. Eric Pullman. Eric Pullman. I, I, and I kept thinking to myself, 
What does he have on Clark Gable's character that allows him to act like that and still stay employed? I mean, he he was dangerous to himself and other people well, from the alcohol. Yeah, he he uh, was not a nice guy. I thought he was pretty realistically portrayed, I thought. Uh, I, I don't know that he had anything on Clark Gable. I, I just felt like there's not a lot of pool of recruitment candidates to go out and live there and you know do this work because it's kind of dangerous and that's true i think he was just he just happened to be part of the uh, camp because he was willing to be there so i I don't know maybe maybe there was something more but i didn't pick up on like any kind of backstory there i remember kind of snippets of of seeing this film originally because i did see it as a kid and again, like with King Solomon's Mines and some of the other films that we've, Secret of the Incas and so forth, I really enjoyed the Technicolor and the trip out into the African savanna and all the wildlife, and the gorgeous. It just was, for me, living in Montana, it was like a trip to another place for two hours on a Saturday afternoon because it was probably the lead on a Saturday matinee that I would have gone to. I think that's one of the reasons why they've made the film. I mean, it. I was thinking about how a lot of people probably hadn't really seen some of those scenes, like with the gorillas or uh, even some of the animals in the cages. You know, if you're living in the middle of Montana and you don't get out to any of the bigger cities, I don't know if, did Billings have a, a zoo that you could go visit like that? Not until later, no, no. The first zoo I went to, I think, was when we, uh, when I was in Denver, yeah. living in Denver. It is kind of interesting because there weren't shows like those David Attenborough shows where he he you travel around the world and he narrates with all the a- yeah. animals and. So and this there was been... even one on television. I forget the sponsor, but it was about uh, a lot of zoo life oh. and how they were set up. Mutual but on the other Omaha. hand, living remember, in remember Montana, of... if you went out a mile out of town, it was kind of like going out into the wilderness, but the animal life was quite different. <laughs> no no cobras or, or uh, elephant or whatever, giraffe, but lots of deer, antelope, and other, and bear. Coyotes. So it, yeah. it was just, it was just so different. It's like going to a National Geographic movie. Yeah. For that part. That's probably my, my takeaway as a kid was probably two things. The wildlife and the safari and the gorillas. <laughs> you probably didn't care about the love triangle. <laughs> no, not not really. Not really. I mean, I knew they were attractive and all, but let's get on with the gorilla hunt. Yeah. Or or, or that spear thing where he had the... T- and, of course, he had to take his shirt off, didn't he? Oh, of course. Yeah. How did they do that? Because it looked like, I mean, it <laughs> I looked like know. they were really throwing spears at him. I bet they were like rubber-tipped spears or something. Wow. Yeah. They must have had some device that would propel them safely. Otherwise, Clark Gable, you know, might have objected to that. I don't know if that scene would be replicated in Red Dust. <laughs> I, I have not seen that in film. But uh-huh. Gable, I mean, he even at that age and with that plot where he's falling in love first with Ava and then with Grace. He had a very, very charismatic presence on the screen. Just 
amazing to watch. And in today's world where they would get the close-ups on that big screen, it would have been even more so that way. Yeah. I thought that he was looking a little bit older, though. I mean, he yeah. he died seven years later, so he didn't. He lived to be fifty nine, which I think he smoked a lot, right? He was a heavy smoker for sure. Yeah, probably over his lifetime, and it was showing. It was showing wear and tear, but it didn't seem to stop the romance. No, he was very charismatic in the movie for sure. I mean, in, in every movie I've seen him in, he's been that way. Yeah. It, uh, one that's really different is Misfits. He, he He's very charismatic in that, but just... Uh, it's a different film. He, he's he's uh, showing in a different light. Hmm. Still excellent. I mean, I, I, I've enjoyed his films. And, and his career peaked when he was about... I don't know, 38 or 39 with Gone with the Wind. It's, I mean, it's hard to follow that up. Hard to top that one, yeah. Our intrepid travelers take off. They take off after the fact that uh, Grace Kelly's character, Linda, has kind of fallen for Victor, which is yeah. Clark. And so, and man, I couldn't believe how dense uh, Donald Nordley, the, the husband, was. He. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get was I mean he had to have that one guy that was drunk all the time uh Leon basically spell it out for him. <laughs> yeah. Sorry Vic the little one got away. Never mind. Tell Paul Jack to stay up here. Donald want to examine the gorilla. Project. Fine gorilla. A very fine specimen. A say weight close up to seven or 800 pounds. I say, Bolger, hmm? Have you any idea why Vic stalked off like that? Going back to camp with hardly a word? I'd say he had a very good reason for hurrying back to camp. Yeah, some more. I must have said something to upset him. If you don't know the reason, I'd begin to find out if I were you. What do you mean by that? Mr. Nordley, if I had a wife as pretty as yours, I'd find out fast enough. Well, Mr. Nordley! Oh, Mr. Nordley! And not, not one time, but he had to do it several times. Mm -hmm. I tell you, old Donald was... was uh, Sort of thick gold, I guess. But yeah. it did add to the drama of the romance that he, he didn't catch on right away. Yeah, I did like those scenes of them going out uh, in the truck and stuff. And they had that similar sort of thing as uh, Secret of the Incas where they showed those herds of animals and they're sort of like watching this from the truck. And they didn't have the big stampede like they did in Secret of the Incas, but they had the gorilla scenes which were pretty incredible so yeah that uh i had forgotten about that in terms of my reaction to it being so different today as opposed to 1953 when i watched it it just it just seems so i don't know what the word is uncaring in a way or unsympathetic yeah to frighten those animals the way they did in their and they were probably in a 
area where they'd lived their entire existence in this reserve or preserve. And then he has to shoot to save, uh, did he save Donald or Leon? Uh, Donald, Donald. Because Donald was there, he wanted to, he was more of an anthropologist. Oh, that was the other thing. Ava Gardner's character just came across as just not smart. Like, she she never got past, like, the sixth grade or something like that. She didn't know that kangaroos lived in Australia. She heard the word anthropologist and was just, like, flummoxed by, like, anthroth what? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a that little bit... portrayal was a little... Over the top. It was a little heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, really, but anyway, Donald was there to get recordings of the gorillas and take uh, film, and he was more interested in it from an anthropological standpoint. Uh, but because he was so like not aware of how to behave around these animals, Victor had to go and shoot one of the gorillas, which was really sad. And he was mad about it too. Like that put him into a really bad mood. Yeah, that led to the to his drinking, and he was depressed. Because they had wanted to uh, capture a baby gorilla, and he ended up shooting one of the male leads in the in the uh, group. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about Ava Gardner, because you mentioned she sometimes was over the top. Her nickname in the film is also it kind of it. It's like off-putting for me, Honey Bear. Oh, Honey Bear! <laughs> it's like please. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how this film would be today if it were redone, you know. I don't know I don't if they could remake something could like this. Remake it. I yeah. They'd have did to change you, a lot of oh, things. I was going to Did you find it interesting when they gave credits at the beginning and the end of the film? All of the places they were were colonies of European countries. Yeah, the protectorate of France is, is like, oh my gosh, this was still the Belgian thing. Congo. I mean, you know, nineteen fifty three. Yeah, was that dated or what? So the biggest question I have about the movie is why do you think Linda fell so hard for Victor when at the beginning of the movie she seemed to be in love with Don- her husband Donald? Like, what what was it that triggered that for her? I'm just curious about what you think. Oh wow. Well, I I guess I uh I guess I think that she was attracted by the by the safari charisma and and uh macho uh character and and portrayal of Victor. He was handsome and rugged and he lived in the wilds and he'd done all these things that she knew nothing about. And I think she might have been attracted to him for his animal magnetism. Mm. I think compared it was to more, her husband, who was more bookish. Yeah, I think it was more the idea of what he represented that she fell in love with because of yeah, yeah that point. mystery yeah. and because I don't think she really knew him that well. Um, yeah, that was the one sort of weird part of the movie for me. But then I thought, well, but it's Clark Gable. So, I mean, maybe that's just what happens when you hang out with Clark Gable. Like, you just can't help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently so. Because from what I read, the same thing happened in Red Dust. (laughs) And and to a certain degree, in kind of an odd way, in Misfits, Marilyn Monroe falls for him. Yeah. So, we didn't see that in his submarine movie. There were no women in that show. 
So there was another scene in this movie that I was super curious to get your thoughts on. So Victor had to kill that gorilla and he was really upset and he was back at his tent drinking. And then Ava comes in and they have this conversation and then she starts drinking with him. And then Linda, Grace Kelly's character, walks in on them and is all upset because she thought that she was with Victor and now here's uh, Eloise... Uh, Ava Gardner's character like wrapped up in his arms drinking with him and she and Linda gets really upset and grabs a pistol and tries to shoot Victor yeah with the spoiled herring Victor that's you Vic joke laugh (laughs) 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 yes you're all right Kelly oh you said that before but I love it don't worry, Vic. I'm not trying to crawl back into green pastures. Poor old Marzie. <laughs> Got himself all tangled up in one of his necks. Like a gorilla, and he doesn't know how to get out. <laughs> well, um, if you two will excuse me, I think I shall retire. No, no, don't. Uh, there's plenty in the bottle yet. More where that came from. Plenty for all of us. Mm-hmm. Come on in, Linda. Join the party. <laughs> what are you so surprised about? You always sort of guessed that Kelly and I were old friends, didn't you? It's all right for old friends to have a drink, isn't it? What are you saying? You're drunk. Certainly I'm drunk. But I certainly know what I'm saying. Listen, Mrs. M, you're not going to tell me that you've been taking all this seriously, are you? You know how it is on safari. It's in all the books. The woman always falls for the white hunter, and we guys make the most of it. Do you blame us? Well, when you come along with that look in your eye, there isn't a guy in the whole world look at you came in. This big Congo Casanova's been after your wife ever since she's been here. And she's been sport enough to hold him off and not even tell you about it so as not to spoil your fun. Well, tonight he got her over here on the pretext. Well, uh, he was pretty drunk. So when I came tearing over here to help, well, um, he was getting pretty bad, so she shot him as any decent woman would do. We're going, darling. Beat it. Come on there. Come on. Free. Free. If she hadn't, I'd have done it myself. And and hits him in the arm, and it like grazes his arm. But uh, I think she wanted to kill him at that point. And then and then the a weird thing happened, which is Ava Gardner's character basically like makes up this story about how Victor was kind of attacking Grace Grace Kelly's character, and and that she was just defending herself. And I was like, wow, she just really threw him under the bus there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, that was a complicated one because I think uh, Victor realized that he had to somehow show Grace Kelly's Linda that she was in pursuit of him and that was not going to go anywhere. She needed to return to her husband. And I somehow, I guess, Grace, uh, uh, Ava, 
could sense that and decided to, to make it even more difficult. I, I, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I can tell you this at 12 years old, when I watched this film, I yeah. didn't care. I'm sure that went over your I head. I was like, yeah. can we get on with more action? Spear yeah. throwing would be. In yeah. Order. Show but the gorillas I he, again. I think he wanted to show Linda that there was no hope there. And he actually realized he really did love Ava. And, and Eloise was just like putting the icing on the cake, basically. Ava Gardner's character was like, okay, well, I'm going to ratchet this up to an 11. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Her character well, it is, worked. is, her character is a little uneven because sometimes she doesn't have much to do. And then other times she's very involved like that scene. Well, and sometimes she comes across as being very weak-willed or, or just not very smart. But then, like in that scene, it was like a completely different person. And that could just be the writing or it was what the plot needed at that point, I guess. I'm, I'm always impressed by the fact that they could actually move all that equipment and all these people into Africa 70 years ago, which was extremely difficult because some of that equipment was so big and, and hard to move. Oh, you mean for the filming, yeah. For the filming, for yes, sure. for the filming. That, that and King Solomon's Mind, both. I, I, I read in one, one of the two, I can't remember which, they had just like enormous amounts of, of truck hauling and that kind of thing, probably for both. But when, when they show those scenes of, uh, and you know they're actually in Africa, when near the end, Ava's on the boat and leaving, and Clark kind of goes down to the river, and, and then they decide to reconnect. That was actually very impressive. Oh, there's a lot of scenes that you can tell that they're in Africa. And then yeah. they would cut to the studio, and it was jarring because it was so obvious that they were in the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be the transition that way today would be certainly different, wouldn't it? Oh, you wouldn't be able to tell. But, uh, well, I know we're up against the time here. Um, I have two ratings for the film, having watched it now. As a 12 year old and watching it today, uh, from that time period, I'd give it an eight because I, I like to. I like the Technicolor, the, the music, the drama, the scenes. And when I view it today versus when I viewed it in 1953, I'd say it's probably about a C, C minus, just because of, of some of the dialogue and, and the treatment of the gorillas and the uh, absence of people from Africa that would be lead characters in it. And it really brings it home when I remember Cry, Cry Freedom. Mm -hmm. where almost all the leads were, were African. Yeah. So I give it an A and a C. I, I, I was thinking it was a... Uh, I'm going to say a 7. I was going to say 6, but I actually enjoyed parts of it a lot. Um, some of those scenes out in the countryside were amazing. There was a scene where it was supposed to be storming, and they rushed into the cabin, and it it felt very like cozy and and like that feeling you have when there's a storm blowing outside and yeah you're like hunkered yeah. down in inside that i like that a lot i thought the treatment of the animals and the way that was portrayed was was really realistic for the time it bothered me but it only bothered me because of 
the time that I live in now and like what I know now. And I'm sure like at the time this movie came out, people didn't even give that a second thought. So it is troubling and it's sad. And it's kind of interesting to see um, like how that's evolved over time and how we strive to treat animals in a more humane way now. Yeah, because now when you hear about the the killing of elephants and other African animals or any animals around the world, it's so jarring because it's not it's not as acceptable as it was seventy years ago. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to see how things have changed, and I, I don't know. I'm not going to give it the A B C D rating. I'm I'm not sure how I would rate that. <laughs> It almost requires that you have been sitting there with me in the Judas Theater. Exactly. On our on our popcorn and uh, uh, sugar high. It totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure this was, like, really exciting to watch as a 12-year-old. It was. Yeah, super I interesting. Wait. But I, I enjoyed watching it again, and, and, and I always enjoy Clark Gable and, of course, Grace Kelly, my goodness. She went on to bigger and better things for her life. Wow. Wasn't she the princess of Monaco? Yeah, she was the, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it. Princess, princess Grace of Monaco from 1956 to 1982 when she had a tragic car accident and died. But made, she made a lot of, she only made 11 films, but they were all really well, well received and won an Academy Award. For one yeah. of them, uh, in The Country Girl in 1954 with Bing Crosby. She was yeah. so good in Rear Window and Dial M for Murder. I mean, she made a lot of really good movies. So I enjoyed this. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad. Are we done with the African movies or what's our next movie? No, we have one, we have one more. If I can stumble over it here. Uh, the, the Lion. The Lion oh, from right. 1962 with William Holden. I, uh, have seen it, but I haven't seen it recently, so that's on our... And it's available on um, YouTube and Voodoo. Oh, nice. Okay. The Lion, 1962. The Lion. And we've added some that you uh, sent me and that I was looking at. Only Angels Have Wings from 1939. Mm-hmm. And one that we really need to add to our repertoire, Bicycle Thieves from 1948 from italy oh yeah yeah that one i want to watch for sure so we'll figure that out and next next episode will be the lion and that All will right. wrap up our uh festival of african themed movies all right well uh that was fun as usual and uh coming to you from north bend this is matt and here in los angeles is bob wishing everybody happy movie watching I'll go back where I can be honest without getting kicked around for it. I'll see you. Wendy! I can't hear you. I said take good care of her.
Magambo. Magambo means something. <laughs> oh, they they made it's the greatest. People used to think it made they, they talked about me it was leader or passion, but I read that it was named after a restaurant in Los Angeles named Macambo. 